Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mama Marketer podcast. I am your host, Olivia, and I am here with my friend, Mark. Uh, Mark is someone that I met through a local contact of mine uh, through Libertarian work. We have a mutual friend in, uh, that works with the Libertarian Party. And so, uh, Mark, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, thank you, Olivia. This is uh, Mark Cover. Uh, some my best friend from Cleveland actually nicknamed me Kinetic Cover. So, um, <laughs> or Professor Kinetic. But uh, yeah, so I'm uh, in the education space. I've been I've had my own business, uh, tutoring and test prep business since 2011. Actually, it's an interesting story how I even got into education. Uh, I had a bachelor's in chemical engineering, undergraduate. And then um, I decided to read a book on my own about DNA and RNA <laughs> biosynthesis. And I was so amazed at the glory of God. Mm -hmm. I, I, I asked permission by the grace of God, I was able to switch my National Science Foundation graduate fellowship to study biochem. And so that was a great, that was an awesome season in my life. So I did computational biochemistry, combining my natural gift from God of math with my love of biochemistry and every day was like worship for me in graduate mm. school and I yeah that was an awesome season and then uh, I was in uh, I got recruited into uh, an IT technology firm I did systems integration for one of the what used to be the big six um, now the big four and I don't know if they're <laughs> down to the big three anymore but consulting <laughs> right. firms but um, yeah and so uh, yeah. And then eventually I got into education, which I will talk about later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That I love. I feel like so many people um, want to create the commentary that there is like a push pull between Christianity and science. Mm. And I, so I love that through your science, you, like you said, you, you were able to worship every day in your field. And I think, and I think that's amazing. And that's no different than like, you know, we, I, we, we homestead, we farm, and there are so many things that happen out here where I'm just like, oh my gosh, like someone designed this to work this way to, <laughs> yeah. to, to give us food or to give us, you know, a, you know, a veggie that grows in the garden or an egg from a chicken, like someone thought this out. And we have yes. moments like that all the time where we're so appreciative and in awe of that. And I just love the idea of you like being in a lab <laughs> and also getting that same experience. So that's, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I really, I, it's interesting. Cause I, I enjoyed, I, it was a, it was a surprise to me, I guess, even being in a secular quote unquote secular university for graduate school. Um, you know, even the professors would occasionally slip, you know, and, and, and reveal, you know, that they were in awe of this amazing efficiency of say the photosynthesis biochemical pathway, you know, and that, you know, the efficiency, and I've even heard interviews even more recently too. Um, uh, Stacy Trezanko, she's a, a Catholic lady who's got a PhD in chemistry and she homeschooled wow. her kids and I love what she does. And anyway, she was, she was, her, her specialty was like uh, photovoltaic cells or something. Wow. And she's like, there's nothing that we create with all our brilliant minds that's, that comes within 60% of the efficiency mm -hmm. of what God designed. So anyway, yeah. it's Which just there's... fun. Those discoveries are so fun. Yeah. yeah. And there is a verse. I'm good at remembering verses, but not exactly good. remembering where they're at, but there's <laughs> a okay. verse. Yeah. There's a verse that says, um, what, what God get, what God has planned for you is greater than you can even dream of. Like yes. you can't even imagine. Ask, think, or imagine. Yes. yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, yes. oh gosh, I love that. Okay. So you have this background in, in, in science, tell us how you went from that and though enjoying those wonders on a daily basis. Tell us what led you to education. Yeah, no, thank you. That's a great question. So, um, I think, uh, to be really honest, <laughs> um, even though I was, because of my chemical engineering background, I was recruited, not only recruited by systems integration, you know, these big fancy consulting uh, firms, but specifically they had needs in for their chemical manufacturing companies that they were, you know, uh, servicing and developing software for. So that's like, I was assigned, like before I even went to training, boom, I was assigned to that path. And, um, 
you know, I was able to use a lot of, of things like my dad, it was interesting, my dad, when I was young, in high school, you know, looking, my, my aunt actually wanted me to be a doctor. She's like, you're so smart. You should become a doctor so we can all retire early. You know, we just, <laughs> no pressure. And, and I was like, I don't want blood and guts. Not going to do that. Chemical engineers make a lot of money. Just saying this was where I was at. This is where I was at when I was in high school. <laughs> and, um, but my dad was like, he was a safety director for large chemical companies, actually. And he said, you know, I know you, you're too much of a people person and you're too much of a strategic global thinker. Like you'll never survive in a chemical plant, you know, working with machinery, like, and so he was right. So he said, but I bless you. Like, I bless you. He blessed my path, even though he gave me direction. And so I ended up, long story short, I ended up in purpose burnout is what I'll mm. say. Like, I, mm. I, I can remember the moment when I was, you know, and I was doing cool stuff, quote unquote, challenging stuff. We were doing automated ingredient handling systems for this colorant company. And we were integrating it with, with the formula system and the scheduling. We we're doing stuff that like software companies didn't even have the capacity to do yet. So it was, it was intellectually engaging, but I was sitting there at one o'clock in the morning and I'm like, in this chemical, and I'm like, what? nobody else is here. What am I doing here? Uh, what am I doing here? So I was in purpose burnout. And so I decided to audit a New Testament survey class that my best friend in Cleveland was taking because he was going to Trinity Evangelical Seminary to get a master's in biblical studies. So I decided to audit a class because you can hang out and you don't have to take any tests. So uh, all that to say, I... Um, I was sitting there going, wow, God, I've been, it's been so long since I've been in school. This is pretty cool. I enjoy this environment. And then I thought, I thought, well, gee, what was all that education for God? Cause I didn't feel like I was really using it directly. And especially the part about the glory of God and in, in what he's designed. And when I was 19, I really wanted to become a creation speaker. I wanted to travel the country, work for one of the big three creation ministries. I have been super blessed by that in uh, high school. That's a whole other story. Anyway, so I literally just prayed a prayer and I just said, God, what, you know, I want you to use everything in my background for your glory. And a week later, I'm being interviewed to teach in San Diego at a Christian college. In fact, it's a, it's a very, uh, it's the sister school for the Institute for Creation Research back then in San Diego. And it, you know, and it was founded by Tim LaHaye and Henry Morris that were the, the found, founding fathers of the creation movement back in the 60s. Anyway, it was a dream come true. It was very surreal. And that launched me into education. It was just this prayer, like, I wanna glorify mm -hmm. you with everything you've given me, so. Oh my gosh. So you said a couple of really cool things. I love how you said, you said purpose burnout. Yeah. And oh my gosh, I feel like, like a light bulb went off. Like how many okay. people, how many people do I know that are actually going through that and just mm -hmm. didn't know like what it was. I didn't so have a label. I okay. mean, yeah, yeah, well, because one of the things that I'm always telling people that are like frustrated with where they're at is just like, there's such a thing as, um, doing a good thing, like, like fulfilling a good cause, fulfilling a need, uh, but for the, for the wrong reasons, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, like okay. I feel, I, I meet so many people in ministry that like their home life is a mess, but like mm. their minute, their ministry, like they're and, and not necessarily drama, but just like, they're putting so much of their time and energy into a certain thing and it's, it's for the Lord. So how can it be bad? But if you're sacrificing other things, like that's yes. not sustainable, you know, No, that's good. That sustainability is in over the long run is so important. And I've actually seen that I've actually served, uh, in, a lot of different uh, national ministries over the last about, I don't know, 11, 12 years in and out when uh, I've been doing the tutoring and actually I was kind of doing the tutoring. I ran the tutoring business after I taught some in college and stuff, Christian colleges to do as a tent making, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I could do the ministry and volunteer, but all that to say, I did, I have seen that what you said in burnout in ministry and even sacrificing sometimes, you know, not intentionally, but and sacrificing family life for yeah. on the altar of ministry and it, but it's really encouraging to see like 
guys in their 30s and 40s that are totally took took the warning signs heated the warning yes. signs and are bringing their kids along on tr yeah. on all their mission trips and their wives and and the, with the beauty of the homeschooling movement now yeah. you know especially with all the different um flavors so to speak and yeah. and varieties and combinations it's so much easier to do that now so thank god for the pioneers in the yes. homeschool movement in the 80s and 90s that broke yeah. the way so for sure. Yeah. Um, and I also really loved your, your prayer, your prayer to the Lord is of you use me for your glory, point me in the right direction. Um, there's a, a prayer that I like to do in the evening, which is like, when I wake up in the morning, tell me my purpose for the day. Tell me what's Ooh. my, what, what's my one assignment for you tomorrow. And Ooh, sometimes, like sometimes it's like, don't yell as much at the kids, you know, <laughs> other times, other yeah. times it's Basics. like, other times it's like, go out and talk to that person that's mm. been on your mind. Like, you know, mm. so, um, I really like the fact that you do it the night before. Yes. Yeah. And like I the find Hebrew, the, in the Hebrew, the evening and morning, the first day, like the day starts in the evening. If you do it right. Yeah. I, I, and I feel like that's our one-on-one -on -one time really is that mm. bedtime prayer. And, mm. um, and I do, there are so many mornings where I'll wake up and I'll have something in my mind and I'll be like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> why am I thinking of that and it's like mm. someone it's because someone else put that seed in there and it wasn't me oh, um so okay. so yeah I I love I I think so many people pray after they're burnt out and yeah. it's like we we really should be asking before what is the purpose like I have my 14 year old looking at some college like you know programs mm. and just trying to figure out okay. what do you want to major in what do you want to do sure. you know and so mm -hmm. I kept asking him he was like oh this sounds fun that sounds cool you know and I was like but what <laughs> is the problem that you want to solve what mm. is what is the outcome of a of a career that you want to be like mm. what is the thing you want to leave behind you wow. not just a job you know not, and so he he's like that's oh, so man. good that you're asking those deep questions like, yeah <laughs> to think about your legacy when you're 14 like yeah. that's awesome yeah and he he was like oh my gosh mom i don't know i need time it's <laughs> like that's that's fair but um but yeah so praying... well, it's good at least it's like oh okay instead of just what would be fun you know and what would what would do i think i could do decent at right yeah that's a higher level so that's yes. awesome yeah and, our, and we definitely need to pray about it too but um yeah sure Okay. So tell me a little bit. Um, obviously I know what, what you do. I know, um, about you being helping with like test prep and that type of thing, but I want you to explain to folks, um, what it is, what it is that you do. And, um, if anyone's been listening for any amount of time, you know, that I've had someone in this space as a guest before. So I would love to know kind of how you're different than say, like, you know, those tutoring places that pop up and, you know, like those ACT prep courses, like, how are you, to, you know, tell us what you do, but then also tell us how you're different than um, what we might be used to seeing. Okay, well, I'm if I can, yeah, if we have a little extra time. I'm gonna I'm gonna explain how I kind of yes, yeah. from education and then got into the the yes. tutoring and then focused narrow more narrowly on test yes. prep most Perfect. of the time. So yeah, so um, you know, I taught at Christian College. It was awesome. It was very challenging, actually. Uh, so it was my first teaching job, and it was college, you know. And I didn't yeah. go to school for in, <laughs> as an education major or whatever. And so, um, and it's interesting because the literally, I signed a contract. I drove out to California from Cleveland, and I got there. And a week before classes started, I found out that this this other science class that was supposed to be filled, the guy that was going to teach it had a horrific family crisis. He couldn't teach it. So the chairman of the department comes to me and says, hey, I got a three month old at home and I'm teaching all the senior and junior level classes. Like you're going to have to take one for the team. And it was meteorology. And uh -huh. I had never even studied. And it was a sophomore level, second class in meteorology. So I couldn't fake it till I made it right. Mm -hmm. Like, and so that was super challenging, but so I was working 120 hour weeks, but I was in the word, I was meditating on the word, you know, like Joshua one, nine, mm -hmm. meditating on the word day and night, you know, you'll be, you know, be strong, and courageous, meditate on my word day and night, you'll be successful in all you do. So I was doing that. And, and it was awesome because like when I was in college, you know, I was, <laughs> it took me a while to kind of warm up to where I had been, you know, getting a national science foundation fellowship, you know, I was mm -hmm. I was 23. I was, you know, 22, 20. I was sharp anyway. But um, I, uh, it, you know, it took me a while. But now that I knew the word of God and I was meditating on the word, I could see 
applications. I could see the biblical integration, spiritual principles that the physical, because he says everything I've created, you know, it displays my glory. That's what he says in the word. And I was able to see that. And so that was so awesome. I and it got me hooked. Uh, so then uh, later I was able to teach at some private Christian high schools and they were also very, um, very strong in promoting um, biblical integration at every level, even in the science classes. So, and because I had met some faculty members that were classical, like they were, mm -hmm. they had taught at classical schools, truth, beauty, I started learning about truth, beauty, and goodness. Mm -hmm. And I started learning about Socratic roundtable discussions. And so I was able to innovate and bring in all those other elements into what I was doing. And I loved it. So um, long story short, when I stopped teaching and I was working for some uh, prayer ministries and different things, traveling the country um, as a prayer, kind of a prayer catalyst for men, trying to rally more men to pray and mm. the importance of early morning prayer and scriptural prayer with other men. Wow. Um, and I, I started doing tutoring on the side. Well, I started tutoring college students in like physics and chemistry, all the stuff I was strong in. But then over time, I noticed that really the return on investment, if you think about it, especially with high school kids, the return on investment for test prep is so much higher than mm. like getting one, you know, getting one better letter grade in one class out of one, some out of say six or seven classes out of one of five to six semesters that go into a GPA that show up on a college mm -hmm. application eventually. Right. So the return on investment is much higher in test prep. And I just happen to be really good at it. So that's kind of how I went into test prep. But interestingly enough, I found out that, so my typical student profile is Honors and AP kids, really well, really bright, really motivated. And a lot of them are athletes. So they're uber busy, like they're super busy athletes, or they're in, you know, they're in debate, or they're in, you know, classical piano or whatever. And they don't have a lot of time on the side. And they they have really high grade point averages, but their test scores are low compared to their grade point average. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, <gasps> you know, this existential crisis happens, like, you know, their identity crisis, well, I thought I was really smart, and my friend didn't have to study, and they got a whatever, 34 on the ACT, or a 1500 on the SAT, you know, what's wrong with me, and all that, and so I end up working with those kids, and a lot of times I work with kids that have done self-study, um, or they've even taken, like, vanilla, you know, cookie cutter, generic, generic classes, uh, with some of the, you know, kind of brand names out there and they've improved, you know, I mean, there's value, there's value in those things. Uh, they've improved, but then they hit a plateau and I, that's when they come to me usually. And I take them to the next level and I can tell, I'll talk a little bit more about, uh, yeah. what the, what I think the difference is and what I do versus, um, yeah. the other classes. So, yeah, well, I loved, okay. So as a parent, my feelers kind of went up when you explained, okay. when you explained the difference between like, let's say I, I, you know, I've got some money and I want to put it towards a private tutor or a test prep or something. Um, right. and the way that you explained the return on improving a test score versus improving one letter grade in one subject, that is a very small piece of the entire high school pie. And yep the tests are so important to colleges. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, oh my gosh, that, that makes total sense on why you should go, you know, as a parent looking to book something for your kid, why you should go more the test prep route than the tutoring route. Um, and I loved what you explained about how, like, so you're, you're working with high-performing kids. You're working with kids that have already put in the work, but for some reason that work that they've put in is not translating on a test. And I have a really close friend who legitimately has test anxiety, yes. really brilliant girl. She's a nurse, mm. but she literally could not test well. Now she mm. could outthink anybody doing mm. her when she was right. doing her hands-on training at right. the hospitals. Yep. She could run circles around those nurses, mm. but when it came to a sit-down test, so she had to, you know, get some special accommodations and, and work through that. But, um, well, and, you know, and there are specialists, you know, that work with people, you know, so I'm not one of them that work right. with people that like clinically diagnosed with severe test anxiety. Right. And I have partners that I, you know, I refer people to because they're 
trained and all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a real thing. And yeah. I think it's really, uh, and I, what, what I do work on though, is I do work on the whole identity and self-talk, you know, because yeah. the self-talk is important and it's really in the heat of the battle. What do you, what do you believe? And are you listening, you know, believe it or not, right. we do have an enemy of our soul. I mean, right. you know, who came to steal, kill and destroy That's what Jesus said in John 10. And right you know, there are these whispers that happen, you know, these patterns in our thinking that are really from the enemy. And if we believe the lies, then sometimes it paralyzes us, right? Like, right. Uh, but perfect love casts out fear. Right. And so I talk about in when I work with, whether it's in my small group classes, my seven day challenge classes, or one on one, I talk about the big three giants, the three giants that are obstacles to improve test scores. Uh, with kids that get stuck and you know I mean it's for for believers this is you know this is yeah this is straight out of scripture it's like fear number one is fear right number two is pride mm. and I, I learned in my lead like Jesus training certification training that I went through like fear and pride can literally be two like opposite sides you can yeah. flip between fear and pride really careful I mean, if you're not careful, you can right. flip between them. And then the, the last piece is basically rigidity. Although when I say that, kids sometimes look at me like, what are you talking about? So <laughs> inflexibility, like lack of flexibility yep. is definitely a hindrance because, you know, a lot of us, especially smart kids, like I know how to do this. I do this one way. I work through, boom, this is my method. This is what I, I like. I got, I got like my hammer. Yeah. I want to use my hammer, hammer yeah. all the time, you know, the toolbox analogy, and it's not necessarily the best thing. And yeah. sometimes they get stuck and they burn a lot of time because yeah. they don't have a flexibility of, mm. or a different tool set of different options to go to, especially mm. even in the, the heat of the battle. Sometimes you get brain fog. Yeah. And when in the middle of the execution, you get brain fog, you're thinking about, you're still thinking about the reading comprehension path passage mm. about 15th century India or, you know, Greece or whatever that you don't know anything about mm. anyway. So yeah. it's good to have different tools that are simpler to go to. Yeah. And that's what we work on. So. But it makes total sense that, um, like I said, you're working with high performing kids who already yeah. have good scores and already right. probably look yeah. pretty good on paper. It's just a matter of getting them that extra mile on their test scores before, before college. And it makes so much sense that you would need to do a little bit of reprogramming yes. because their, yes. their rigidity got them the scores they already have, which right. are decent. And right. so you have to do a little bit of, of soul care before you can really get to just the, the contact, the content of what the subject is. So that, that makes total sense. Um, yeah. And, and I love to learn from, I actually, you know, I've, if I be honest, I've grown and I've learned and I've become more flexible and I have more tools in my toolkit since I started, you know, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I, I found this true when I was teaching in the classroom too. And I do have a lot of compassion for uh, classroom teachers and mm. I understand what they're up against. And so, um, but you know, I, you, you teach the way you were taught, you know what I mean? Like you've got model, like I have my favorite teachers, you know, from high school, junior high and high school, I have as my models in my head. And when I, you know, until you, you encounter other things or faster ways of doing things, um, and then you say, oh, you know what? That's so awesome. And so you can learn from yeah. your students. And that's why I really, I like in my small group classes, I generally tend to find that students that bring one or two friends uh, tend to do better because they have somebody to keep them accountable. They just, you know, they have a different perspective rather than some adult male, you right. know, who, you know, there's, I think there's things that I'm stuck in my ways and sometimes. And so anyway, <laughs> if I tend to find the students that bring friends tend to improve even more. So, yeah, well, I feel, I feel like I, I feel like we've kind of answered like kind of what makes you different, but well, um, I, I want to, quite, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, but I want to hear, I want to hear more. Yeah. I okay. want to hear more a little bit. What makes you different than, like I said, your run of the mill, because I see these places pop up all the time around here. Like, like the Sylvan type or the mathnasium type places. So like um, what, and I know some homeschool moms and public school moms that sure. they, they get to a point with a specific subject or like now that we're looking at colleges where they're like, okay, I think I might actually 
need to get some help in Mm, here to get my kid to the next goal. So what kind of makes you different versus those places that we see? Yeah, well, I appreciate what you said. And I, I, I think number one, as far as these, you know, these, you know, um, box, what do you, what do you want to call it? Like um, franchise. Yeah. Franchise yeah. show up in strip malls. Right. So, right. um, number one, most of the time they're geared toward homework help mm. in general. Okay. The, especially the ones you just named. Right. Um, they're mostly geared toward homework help. Um, there are some that are geared more specifically toward test prep, but you want to be kind of discerning in that. Mm. Um, but I just went, so this is, this is a great question. I just went to the, my first national test prep association conference cool. in Atlanta, Georgia, in Atlanta, Georgia. And it was so fun. Um, and it kind of affirmed and this, you, you see why I'm, I'm answering your question. Uh, it actually affirmed my uniqueness to me. Right. So the um what I, I i got to meet people like brooke hansen who's like super tutor tv she's like 17 million views on youtube she's awesome she you know and i i value her but what i noticed is a lot of when i started talking about what i do which is i'm a test prep strategist i focus more on process and application right so uh whereas basic tutoring is focusing on knowledge gaps, right? What are your knowledge gaps? Mm. Like, especially let's just say math. Math, I say, is like a cumulative uh, final exam from third to 11th grade math. That's basically what, what test prep math wow. is like, you know? And so there's, of course, there are knowledge gaps. So everybody needs to discover their knowledge gaps. So I talk about, but I talk about no versus pro. And it's really after you get through plugging in the knowledge gaps that you've things that you forgot from seventh grade or fifth grade or fourth grade, then it's like, well, what in the heat of the moment, what breaks down? Like you knew how to do it, but something broke down in your process. Okay. That's how you get the, the, the quantum leap jumps from the kids who have already improved and then plateaued. And I can go into lots of different examples of that, but um, you know, I focus on, like, I don't want to repeat the wheel. I don't want to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's, there's brand name uh, companies that have all these like hundreds of hours of videos, libraries, and it's very cheap. You can subscribe for six months or 12 months. It's just that most kids don't have the endurance and don't mm-hmm. have the focus to be able to do it all on their own. Why? Because they're not doing in-depth analysis of where their process breaks down. And, and again, I work with really bright kids most of the time. Guess what? Pride rises up. Mm. So anytime I hear, uh, yeah, it was just a stupid, that was a silly mistake. I was just, a, they're trying to, and I've, d- I've done it too. I'm just being honest. So we're <laughs> trying to protect our ego, you know, mm. by putting in this, oh yeah. Well, you can't fix silly and you mm. can't fix stupid mistakes. You got to go down. What exactly did I do? So I force kids mm. and I help them. I give them some guidelines, but I force them to, okay, I, I, the negative sign was there and I just literally dropped it. Or I, I jumped, I leapt at the first answer that looked close, right? Or I did five steps and then I felt like I was taking too much time. So I eyeballed the last step. I did it in my head, right? Or I didn't write anything down. I just did it in the calculator. Like, all those type of things are process errors. Yeah. And that's how you get the improvement is focusing on process. So I do detailed pattern analysis uh, on mistakes um, versus just general subject knowledge and rules. Right. I have a pacing and efficiency evaluation mm. specifically per person where, and I, I force them to write down the bottom of each page how much elapsed time when you're at the because otherwise if you just say oh yeah i was two minutes under or oh i was three Mm -hmm. minutes over there's no valuable information there where did you get specifically stuck where did you burn three minutes on a question or a Mm -hmm. couple questions right yeah those type of things so um versus just basic time guidelines most you know with the regular class is just like, yeah, these are the time pacing guidelines in general, but it's like, no, what happens with you? Yeah. Um, and then I just, I like to say, you know, it's the difference between coaching and teaching mm. uh, is what I do. And I force kids to do real time self-reflection and self-diagnosis, like right after they just completed a practice test. 
I make them write a reflection um, versus just giving them more practice. Like perfect, like piano teachers will tell you, perfect practice makes perfect, right? <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, not oh just gosh. more repetition. And I, I know that from when I tried to play a piano when I was young, <laughs> I, was, I would make a mistake and then I would try to go faster the next time to get further and yes. I'd make a mistake earlier. So, <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, well, I love, so, okay, this whole concept of, them looking back and seeing where where they broke down where the process failed doing self-reflection doing self-diagnosis that is a huge skill that if they are able to use that for the rest of their lives not just passing a test thank you that is huge (laughs) i mean i know adults that don't do that i know adults that should do that every now and then Mm -hmm. and self-reflection and that introspection like that's hard to be honest with yourself, but oh it my is. gosh, the success that's waiting for you on the other side of being able to do that. Like that is a, like, I hope these kids know, like if you're listening, a former student of Mark's, that is a huge skill that surpasses just the test. Like that's a life skill that is. That it, thank so you. <laughs> thank you. And, and a lot of these kids, you're going to end up probably going into a, you know, a lot of these kids go into professions you know, I think they're going to be some high pressure to standardized tests they're going to have to take in the future. Yeah. Like, I don't know, MCAT and LSAT. And, yeah. other, you know, well, and I, I've actually worked with kids on GRE and those when they in, to get into graduate school, but mostly I work with high school kids. And I like what you said, because why do you need a coach versus a teacher? Because sometimes I work with students where it's hard for them to articulate mm. their process. So because I've seen so many different students of different types and types of like of things they fall into, traps they fall into, I can, I can pose a question. Hey, do you, do you think, you know, and I, I had a, a girl recently, you know, she, she was always finishing on time. Oh, I don't have any problem with time. I never had problem with time. Okay. All right. But you're, you're, you're in AP physics but you're, you're only in the low 600s in SAT math. Like that doesn't add up. So, yeah. so then I said, okay, you need to, you need to write because she was making process errors. So mm. I said, you need to write down at least something, a little something on, on each question. So you don't make these, these uh, process errors. And so she did that. And she's like, oh, well, I only got through half the questions because I wrote stuff. You made me write stuff down. I was like, mm. okay, okay. You're, 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 we got to swing the pendulum back. Right. And so anyway, finding that optimal balance and then boom, like after five classes out of my seven day challenge, she was up 80 points. And oh my gosh, uh, my class the improvement is a hundred points on SAT math, for instance, in seven day challenge class. Um, We do it every other, we have classes every other day, but point is in less than two weeks, hundred point improvement promise. And so boom, once we once we talk through that, specifically because I mandate there's at least one one and a half hour one on one with me in, wow. in between in the middle of the, the group class so that to guarantee the improvements. Once we talk through the specifics and how she could balance t- speed versus precision, boom, she was at 100 points up. Oh so, my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so thank you so much for sharing. Um, I feel like I, to me, it makes total sense the difference between what you're doing and kind of some of those other places we talked about. So um, so yeah, that that definitely helped highlight that for me. Um, I want to talk specifically about, you obviously know that I'm coming from a homeschool league. We're a homeschool family. Yes. And so tell me specifically how you feel like you specifically can benefit homeschool students. Well, yeah, that's a great question. And I mean, I've been, number one, I've been a raving fan of Christian, the brave uh, homeschool families, you know, Christians that because of, you know, uh, wanting to raise their children in the, you know, admonition of the Lord and rate training them up in the way they should go. And they're old, they won't depart, you know, having scripture, having prayer time, having a close knit family, uh, all those reasons. I've got lots of friends that do homeschooling and I've seen, you know, their courageous journey. And yeah, so I've been a raving fan of homeschooling for a long time. And I really, I think I got kind of introduced into um, the ability, you know, the curriculum that was for not only training their minds, but also character through, um, you know, 
Advanced Training Institute of America. I'm sure uh, some people are familiar with that and their character training institute that kind of flowed out of that work they did. And so, um, you know, 49 character qualities of Christ. And then mm. after that, uh, the character training institute and a partnership, they came up with kind of a core 36 character traits um, that are more generically, you know, you could generically apply to a business situation or, you know, school. So um, what I like to do is, I, and I don't know anybody else out there doing it, is integrating these character quality definitions into different phases of my work with students. So um, I like to kind of divide it up into two phases, right? There's the, there's the preparation phase and then there's the performance phase. Right. And so, you know, there's different character qualities are different, are important at different stages, mm. depending on uh, your, what stage you're in. So, for instance, um, hold on a second. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, in the uh, preparation phase, right, like honesty and humility are super important. Um, you know, initiative and creativity you know, kind of ties into what we talked about before of being flexible in your methods, right? And being open to learning new methods. Um, patience and positivity is very important because you don't always see immediate, you know, improvement. Like, and especially a lot of the students have come to me, they've kind of hit the ceiling and mentally they're like, okay, they're like, I just, you know, I'm not gonna be able to improve. I've already, I've worked really hard. In fact, I, I worked with a girl, Grace, um, she was in Calc BC. She had taken wow. Calculus BC, but she had flat, she had plateaued after a whole summer of group classes for ACT. And then she even did individual one-on-one -on -one tutoring with the same company for like 10 weeks. And she had plateaued at like a 27 or whatever on science and it's like okay you have you're in calc bc there's no yeah. you should be you should be able to get higher than this so i literally made her i said take your 10 worst passages mm. it, basically it was a it was a one phone consultation and one tutoring session so the i had an hour phone consultation i said i need you to find your 10 worst passages not tests 10 worst passages you've done i want you to categorize them Okay, this is where this detail analysis comes in, mm. right? Okay, how many of them were biology versus chemistry mm. versus physics versus earth science stuff? Number one, tally all those as far as questions. And then I want you to, to tally how many were, there's three different types of science passages, for instance, in ACT science. Oh, wow. I want okay. you to tally by passage type. And then I want you to go and see if you can figure out what you did wrong in your process with every single question. Mm. And she, she, I mean, she was super motivated. She went away and she came back and I categorized, like it was, it was rainbow colors. It was amazing. Your name is Grace. Cool. Anyway, <laughs> rainbow colors and she, and so I kind of categorized them and I showed her that out of the 40 mistakes she had made in 10 passages, that 75% of those were within her control. 75% mm. were in her control. And so I said, if you, if you will do, and I, I have a method I call prioritize pre-scanning. Um, and so, and she did that. And we did one, tutor, like I said, it was an hour conversation, go do this. And then we had one tutoring session. Next time she took the ACT science, she went up to a 33. Wow. So it was five or six points in, because yeah. again, the detail analysis. So um, and the beautiful, beautiful thing about working with homeschool families is their flexibility of time. Um, and again, my ability to pray, I, I want to talk about that. Like, yeah, uh, I had a student that was under a lot of pressure. He went to a, a Christian school. He was president of his class. He was the running back on the football team. He was a leader in every way. Um, and, you know, his family traveled for mission trips all the time. But his dad, um, and this is, you know, this is kind of a word to parents. His dad was like, called him, nicknamed him Mr. 37. Okay. And as you know, the ACT, the highest score you can get is a 36. So he was putting this subtle, subtle pressure on him. Not so subtle. Mm. Right. And um, 
And so when he actually, and he was, he was doing great in practice, our practice sessions and everything, he went to do the test and that pressure, mm-hmm. subconscious pressure, he crumbled. Like yeah. he totally forgot, he, he totally forgot everything we, we did and he was very upset. And so then getting ready for the next time, I said, you know what, listen, and I've said this to many students, I said, God is perfectly capable of placing you exactly where he needs to place you for his glory okay so but you you do your part he'll do his part and i said let's just pray so we pray the night before mm-hmm. and he ended up getting into brown he got wow. into brown oh my gosh that's amazing <laughs> because you know having the and that's the beautiful thing about especially working with christian homeschool families i have the freedom to bring in prayer and scripture yeah. spiritual meditation is huge yeah. to counteract the lies of the enemy yeah. You know, it's like your identity in Christ, who you are, um, you know, he designed you in his mind before the foundation of the world, mm-hmm. before he formed you in your mother's womb, all these things, reinforcing these things in every class and talking about how character impacts your ability, not only in practice, but also in the execution, yeah. which is another set of character qualities um, I find to be really valuable and homeschoolers get it. Like they get character training, they get, (laughs) they get what that, you know, that is. So, yeah. And such a, such a big part of homeschooling for most homeschoolers is like you said, the, the biblical background, it's not what led us to homeschooling, but once I got here and realized how many families are, are, you know, in agreement with us on that, it, it was one of the reasons we were like, okay, this is it for us. Like we're not going back, you know? Um, but I love the, um, that, the whole idea of character over like, like my, like my biggest goal, for instance, with my kiddo, I think you're right about the the pressure that they feel to make decisions, to pass these tests, to get into these programs. And that pressure exists in public school and homeschool, you know, that Mr. 37 story makes sense. Yeah. But, um, but what I, my goal with, with mine is like, it's important. Your education is important, but it's not the most important thing. If you right. completely fail, this ACT right. or don't get into that school, we'll right. figure it out. We'll do something exactly. else. There's a, you can yes. take this test as many times as you want. Like it's not, you know, it's, I saw a quote the other day that said who you become when you're trying to accomplish your goals is sometimes more important than the goal that you accomplish. That's and so really that's, that's really yeah, yes. that's, and that was just a random tweet. I don't even know who it was from, <laughs> but I was like, Oh well, my gosh. Yes. That's, that's so I, true. Um, you know, well, I think they stole it from Romans eight twenty eight, right? Because it's like all things good to get, work together for good for those who love God calling to, called according to his purpose, which is what to be conformed in the image of his son. Right. Right. Like his beloved, like we're being conformed through this process, through the crucible, through, you know, like the, the story about, you know, the silversmiths, right? Like, you know, they, they, they had to, they, there's a verse, um, I think it's Psalm 12 that talks about the word of the Lord is a pure word, Mm, like silver refined in a furnace on the earth, refined seven times. Right. So literally they skim, right? Back in the day, right? They would heat it up. They'd skim the dross off the top and they would do it seven times yep. until, when do they stop? Do you know the story? Olivia? No, I don't. <laughs> so when do they stop? They stop when they can see their reflection oh, in wow. the surface. Wow. So think about that with our heavenly father, right? He's, yeah. he refines us, right? So it's perfectly exactly what you said. It's the, yeah. it's what, who are, who are we becoming? in yeah. Christ as we're going through this process, which is going yeah. to last a lot longer than our college admission. Thing. Yes. Cycle. Yeah, it's, cycle. Yeah. yeah. It's way more important to me, the type of person he ends up being than the score he gets for sure. So it sounds like, and I know a lot of homeschoolers that feel that way. So it sounds like you're a perfect match for a homeschool family that is trying to find that balance between like performance and the importance of, you know, that test score, that college, um, but also from a biblical you know, character based. So yeah, I feel like um, yeah, I such a good that. fit. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. And I will, I will just also say um, it is especially important. Like, so the pendulum post pandemic, as I expected was going to happen, the test optional is the pendulum is swinging back. MIT came out and said, Hey, you know, like, we're sorry, we're changing our policy because 
Like there's a reason why we needed these and it's especially important for homeschoolers, right? Because I heard this on another podcast, like literally it's a kind of a joke with college admissions workers that like, oh, every homeschooler gets a 4.0. Now I know that's not absolutely true, but the point is without an independent measure, that's why test prep for homeschoolers specifically is it is important. And if you look at, okay, look at Cedarville, look at um, Hillsdale, like they have scales, man, you know, scholarship values, depending on what score range, you get automatic scholarships. This is also true of the fairly new, most people aren't familiar with it, the CLT, the Classics Learning Test, which is an alternative to the ACT and SAT accepted by 200 plus Christian and Catholic schools. Wow. Um, and I am in the process of, you know, I have these seven day challenge classes with point improvement promises. I'm in the process of finalizing, uh, my design of a CLT equivalent. Wow. And, uh, there are some significant differences I've noticed, um, in the math section, as well as there's some, some significant differences in the verbal. Um, so analogies are there. Mm. There's no analogies in ACT or SAT. Yeah. Um, but I think there's more consistency. I, th- I actually think there's more consistency and predictability in the CLT. And it's a beautiful thing. In fact, I found out, um, I found out they published this top 20 list, the CLT exam does. And I think the website is cltexam.com but, or .org. But point is, um, it's an awesome test. It was, they were, they were, they did not shut down during the pandemic. Uh, it was, you can take it at home. It's only two hours. You can, it's, it's proctored at home. Um, so I think they grew like 1100% through the pandemic when everybody else was shut down. And again, Christian schools, a lot of families and homeschool families are looking to get, you know, want their kids to go to, you know, school that reflects their values. CLT is accepted there. And again, they have mandatory scholarships depending on what score you get on the CLT. So I'll definitely look into that and share that link in the episode notes. Cause that's such, yeah. like, that's such a cool option to have. Um, yeah. uh, and, and it's based on the 50 great, the great books, you know, the things that talk about virtue and truth yeah. and, and more had, there's a moral compass to them. And yeah. so a and, lot of, I enjoyed reading the reading passages. I'm a slow reader by nature. <laughs> and so I don't generally enjoy the reading comprehension section, but I really enjoyed it. it Adam Smith and, you know, yeah uh, Bronte and it was yeah anyway yeah so I think well, students the, will enjoy that you as a compliment to a homeschool family is kind of it's reminding me of what we talked about earlier where you have this high-performing kid who's put yep. in the work and just needs a little bit of help getting you know really what's deserved to them you know right. and and it's the yep. same thing with the homeschool family we've put in the work to make a well-rounded Christian like kid that we can be proud of. And it's time to release them, you know, into the college world or workforce, wherever they end up going. But we maybe need that little extra push to like, to to translate the work that we've put in on a test. So it makes total sense that you're kind of that like last, like that finisher, you know, um, that perfecter that like you're the refiner basically. So that, I mean, that makes total sense. Um, and two, I mean, I'm sure you've had, had so many homeschoolers tell you like in a lot of States, like they don't have to take a homeschool transcript. And right. so a lot of times, right. like, like our plan is to still take the ACT and hopefully get a really high score, because if they have any problems with the transcript, right. yes. they can't really balk at it. If he gets a yes. high score on the ACT. And Absolutely. I was, I was just at a homeschool conference where they were saying like, Oh yeah. Like the we're not going to be requiring test scores for a while. And I was just like, eventually you're going to have to start again. Like you can't just let it be a free for all, you know? <laughs> so, now when you said, was that a college or who, yeah, it was a, who, who it was, was a college, that? it was a college admissions person from, uh, I believe it's a Christian college here in Wichita. Okay. And, okay. um, yeah, she was, she was saying how she's like, I don't really see that coming back. I will probably not, we probably won't, this will be the new norm probably that we won't require tests. And I'm like, 
I don't know. Like I kind of, I tend to agree with you that I, I do think we're going to see it normal out. And I do think they're going to have to, like, they're going to have to find a way, whether even just for the financial aid alone, like they're exactly. going to yes. need a qualifier. For, yes. For scholarships and honors programs and all of that. Yeah. Absolutely. That's not going away yeah. for sure. She even in she... schools that think they're, it's going to go away. Yeah. And again, in, at least in secular schools, in fact, it's interesting because I was at, like I said, I was at the National Test Prep Association conference where it was really cool. I got to meet the the CEO of ACT. Cool. She's an awesome lady. Like she's the real deal, I'll just say. I mean, uh, and then the the lady who's in charge of rolling out the new digital SAT when that's going to roll out. Cool. Got to meet her. Um, but like I found out in the uh, in the the presentation by the lady who's uh, in charge of the digital SAT that's coming out, um, she said 83% of the students surveyed, and they do large surveys, College Board does, 83% of students want the option to be able to put a test score mm. on their application. So, and there's hardly any schools that are test blind. I mean, the UC system, the University of California system is test blind, which means you there's no place to put a test score on your application. Oh. However, some savvy, some savvy uh, college admissions uh, counselors have actually found ways to work test score improvement into college essays. So anyway, but the, yeah. the point is, point is, if you put the work in, like you said, and yeah. you can show that there's an independent indicator beyond your GPA or your transcript, it's valuable. It's yeah. worth doing. So, and that same admissions gal, I kind of asked, you know, when I was questioning, she said that, uh, what they do do now, uh, they didn't do it during COVID year, but they have done it every year since is an entrance exam that you pay along Ah. with, along with, along with your application Ah. process, you pay to take this entrance exam. So, I mean, no matter what, they're doing a test. So what's the difference? Yeah. Yeah. So either way, it's going to be important that your kids are able to navigate how to take a test. Well, I mean, it's, especially under time pressure. Yes. for sure yeah um okay so I feel like we talked uh, we've talked about this a little bit but I just want to really like drive this point home um you are of I think we're both are in agreement but you are of the the mindset that prayer scripture and character does go hand in hand with with test prep with education um and so I just want to hear a little bit more from you on that how how you feel they go they go hand in hand well, thank you so much. Yeah, I would. I was thinking about this uh, last night, and I remember. So it's the best thing is to talk about student stories, like family stories, right? So, um, one for, one is particular. Uh, a guy named Matthew uh, came to me in, after his ninth grade year. He found me on the internet, and he found he you, like, not his parents. No, not his parents. That's he, awesome. No, oh, they, yeah. They, this cool. he is an exceptionally well-motivated driven self-driven student so what a privilege it was to be able to work with him but he came to me after ninth grade I mean obviously his mom was there but it was like hey I want to get into an Ivy League school and I hate math and science in, mm-hmm. in general and but I know that I'm going to need to do really well on both you know, the language side and history side, as well as math and science to get into an Ivy League school. So uh, could you work with me over the summer to prepare for my um, honors algebra two and honors chemistry classes? So I was like, sure. So I worked with him that summer and basically kind of taught him. I did a jet tour of the whole year over the summer. Now he was a little bit bored out of his mind. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he crushed, you know, he cruised straight A's the next year. So then in the spring, when it's time to register for the next year, he's like, hey, uh, I really enjoyed it. Can we do, could, do you think I can sign up for AP physics? And I was like, whoa, okay, that's another <laughs> level, right? That's another level. But okay, he was, um, he was struggling with his faith. Okay, let's just say that. He was struggling with his faith. He was going, his family was in turmoil. His parents mm-hmm. were in turmoil. And I said, okay, I tell you what, we'll do, I'll teach you AP physics and AP calc over the summer on one condition that you, that you, we study the Bible together. 
Oh, we wow. study some scriptures together. And he was like, okay. He said, well, you know, here's the thing. I wanted to take physics with you because you're really smart in science and your faith is really strong. Mm. So I figured if I took physics from you, my faith would grow. Wow. And I got goosebumps. Yeah. Because I, I was like, whoa, I, we don't realize. We don't realize, I think, like how our essence of what we are and what we spend our time meditating on what we you know just like the uh um we you know we can pray the prayer what the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be right. pleasing in your sight but you know out of the mouth out of the heart the mouth speaks right like we don't realize people are taking notice so right. all that to say we did that that summer and then he got a five on his ap physics exam the next year and got into a summer program at Harvard where he took a, a physics, like a modern physics class with actual college students. He got the highest score in that wow. class over the summer. And again, it was, he was super driven, super motivated, but I had the freedom to bring in biblical integration mm -hmm. and prayer and let him talk about the, some of the struggles he was going through. Wow. So, um, that's just been a, a real privilege. And that's where, again, I was praying for him. And then I, I, he, he reached out to me, he double majored, he double majored in physics and pre-law. Oh my gosh. Wow. Undergraduate <laughs> and had his name on some papers. And then he got into Harvard law school and we, he was reflecting on it. He said, I don't think I would have made it through undergrad if my faith hadn't been strengthened by our time together that the two summers before. I don't wow. think I would have made it because, you know, my life, my you know, family life was in chaos. And so yeah. what a privilege to come alongside yeah. students like that. There's another, another example is I worked with a, uh, a student when he was in eighth grade, he was nor used to getting straight A's in math and he was getting a, a high D or a low C and it was like three weeks left in the semester. And so I came alongside him, made him laugh, got him up to an A minus. And then I worked with him on ACT, um, did really well, got into a college, but then there was this crisis. Um, his, this, his favorite music guy that was like pretty famous that he went to the school just to study under um, suddenly retired. Mm. and um then it was like well where is he gonna go and so I remember being with his mom praying on this tree lawn it was like okay the school that he's gonna get into now it's sixty thousand dollars like we can't afford that like mm. we need the full financial aid package and anyway I just remember praying with her on the tree lawn and saying, you know, Lord, like this is, we give this to you. We thank you for all your faithfulness and we just cry out that you would uh, make a way where there's no way. And mm -hmm. he got in, he got the full fellowship. Wow. Uh, time after time after time. Then his younger brother, last piece, his younger brother, <laughs> um, this was last year, his younger brother had major test anxiety, like horrific mm -hmm. test anxiety. Plus he was a, a victim of the whole quote unquote victim of the, all the test centers being closed, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So he didn't have a test score worth submitting. Mm -hmm. He, he's more on the artistic side. He applied to Savannah College of Art and Design, which is mm -hmm. definitely in the top, I think top five wow. schools for that type of thing in the, the country. And there was one full ride fellowship. <gasps> One full ride fellowship for all the applicants. Oh my gosh. And we, we prayed and he was working with a, a, a believer, college admissions advisor that was a believer. And we prayed, he got the only, he got the only full ride oh my gosh. scholarship. And the same week, his brother got a full ride to grad school. Like, oh my gosh. again, That's amazing. because that family was open to bringing in prayer and the word and trusting the Lord into the process. And yeah. so anyway, those are well, my two stories that I think of off the top of my head. That's, yeah. like, that's why I get up. Also, I love yeah. doing this. I yeah. love to change 
to be along for the ride to change destinies. So, yeah. Well, and I, I was just talking with, um, kind of my spiritual mom at dinner last night and she, Mm. she's a spiritual mom to like a lot of, a lot of us, you know, um, at my church. And we were talking about the power of like intentional prayer time like praying. She had, she hosted an event where it was a whole day of just praying for our families of mom, moms coming in or mom staying the whole day and, Mm. or even other people just coming in praying over their family or, you know, family adjacent to them. And so it's, it's just powerful. And so you are that intentional prayer source. Like not only are you giving them the tools to, to perform, but you're also, you're also being their intentional prayer warrior over their education, over their test scores. And oh my gosh, that's, that's so powerful. Us moms can only pray for so many things. Like, exactly. I, I mean, we, it's yeah. so important. We're really big on intentional, intentional design, intentional living and intentional prayer is part of that. So that's, that's so good. really cool. Thank you for sharing. Well, it's funny story. I, was, I was in college, we did it. They brought in a consulting firm, senior year of chemical engineering, brought in a consulting firm guy to give us a challenge, a real world challenge problem. And so we had to work in teams and <laughs> We worked so hard and we thought we had the best, smartest minds in our, in our group. And we submitted it and we got like, I don't know, we did not get a stellar grade. And he wrote on the top, this little comment, it's better to be lucky than smart. And I was like, what does that mean? Is that an insult? Like, so, but okay. How do I translate that now? The favor of God, like the favor of God trumps everything else. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Trump and, everything else. And, and I, I mean, and I have testimonies of prayer walking neighborhoods, you mm-hmm. know, homeschool moms, like in groups like prayer walking neighborhoods or prayer walking your local elementary school near you or Christian school, whatever. Like I'm telling you, I've seen amazing, amazing, dramatic, unexplainable answers that could only come from the Lord's hand. Yep. With that intentionality, like you said, intentionality and um, doing it regularly and doing it corporately. It's so important. So, yeah, well, the the whole basis, I'm in the process of editing and having a book published and the whole whole basis of thanks. Yeah, it's it. Yeah. It, uh, by the end of the year is the, is the plan. So I think okay. we'll get there, but we're about to go into like a heavy edit. So I just okay. have to, this is where I have to be humble and, and let the editors <laughs> oh. see their, their advice. But, um, yeah. but the whole, the whole premise of it is just how much smoother it, how much it's called mm. cro- crooked path straight. And mm. so how much straighter our paths are when we just let him go before us. I love the and, title. Yes. I love yeah. that title. Yeah. So, uh, so this is no different. Like we're letting him go before the the next step for these kids. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it, it is, it's like I said, like we kind of talked about earlier, it's, it's much easier to pray and invite him in before than, than, than after, you know, and and prayers after. Yes. Well, and it taught, I talk about like early, like I talk about like, you know, college and you know having my first my kiddo because I had him kind of young and Mm. I talk about I've walked the life that is make mistakes ask him to fix the the huge mistakes that you've made and how how much easier it is to just Mm. ask him to go before you because he's going before you whether you like it or not (laughs) just you know be be accepting of that so I love that um yes it's like oh I wrote, I drove off the road. I'm in the trees. I'm in the ditches or I'm in the trees, you know, yeah. like, sorry, Lord. Yes. <laughs> Help me fix it. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, okay. So this was awesome. So tell us, um, in case there's a homeschool mom listening or even a public yeah. school mom, someone that is like ready to work with you or, oh my gosh, so many of my Instagram followers are actually high school and college age kids here in Wichita oh, nice. and Derby area. Nice. So, I mean, if there's someone that is interested in, it sounds like you have several different, you've mentioned the small group, the seven day, if there's someone that's interested in, in finding out specifically what you offer and seeing what's a good fit, sure. where, where can we find you? Where can we connect with you? Sure. Well, there's a couple ways. So first of all, I, I will, I, my phone number uh, is 877-771-9771. Um, my website is Go Fast Track Academy. So in, you spell it G-O-F-A-S-T-R-A-C-K academy.com. So there's only one T in Fast Track. Okay. Um, and I also, uh, in the process of um, building a an on kind of an elite online STEM school for cool. um, 
for Christian homeschoolers. Um, and my, my CLT classes, the classics learning uh, test classes that I'm, I'm going to be coming out with, they're, they're already on the schedule, uh, are on a different website, which was for such a time as this dot course storm dot com. And so for such a time as this dot course, C-O-U-R-S-E storm, S-T-O-R-M dot com. Awesome. All that information is. And I, um, I'm going to be actually uh, creating a new Instagram uh, cool. account. So, but I am on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on uh, LinkedIn. I'm on Pinterest. I have some graphics out there. And Very cool. Yeah. I just, uh, so I'll definitely link to all of this in the episode notes. So, um, um, but it's, it's interesting that you said LinkedIn and Pinterest because, um, I was just at a conference, uh, the libertarian conference and I went to a a digital, yeah, yeah, I went to like a digital, uh, media class or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, they, the, the instructor giving it was talking about how they've looked at the data and how like second to Facebook, I assume it's Instagram. That's probably my favorite, you know, platform right now it's where i see the most growth but she was saying second to facebook where people are spending their most time is pinterest like it all of a sudden kind of it's it's always kind of been a steady i feel like but all of a sudden so i'm just Mm. i'm literally like oh my gosh and i I mean anybody that's a mom like pinterest is where i go to plan the birthday parties the recipes the menus the the lesson plans the i have a whole board that's like vacation bible school ideas like so like moms i think it makes sense so yeah the, the challenge as my marketing brain is having is how mm. can I like, it's, I think it'd be fairly easy for, for your business to translate on Pinterest with little, like you said, graphics and stuff like that, but not yeah. every business is that way. So my like personal yeah. challenge is like, okay, like, how can I, you know, how can I utilize this more for some clients? So, so yeah, it's interesting right. that you said LinkedIn and Pinterest so that you're yeah, right well, on par. Good. And it's interesting. Last thing, uh, national test prep association conference, there was, uh, a gal and a guy and they are like rocking it on TikTok, you know, yeah. and I'm, I've just been super resistant. Yeah. Like, please, no, I ain't doing that, but there are more and more businesses on there. So I'm, yeah. I'm trying to find a way to like, okay, should I just partner with people that have a huge following on TikTok, yeah. Yeah. you know, or anyway. So. Yeah. That's probably a good way to go. I also have not jumped on. It's funny. I went to uh, social media. There's a one day social media conference that Wichita has every year. And I went Mm. last year and it's, it's coming up again in like a week or so, but the topic last year was all about TikTok and how to use it. And I was like, you know, I do Instagram reels and Instagram lives and videos and stories. So I I feel like, I feel like I'm going to go to this, but I'm going to take their advice and just apply it to reels. And it was, it was interesting because about halfway through one of the big TikTok stars, was like, well, uh, she was talking about selling things and like partner programs, like selling a product and getting commission and that type of program. Yeah. And she, and she was like, well, yeah, I, I, we were like, where are you actually making the money? Where are you actually making these sales? Mm. Mm. And she said on Instagram, I'm using oh, my see? TikTok as a see? funnel uh, to get people uh, because you can't do like the purchase links and that type of stuff. Okay. You can't do that. Okay. And so she was like, yeah, I'll admit like TikTok is basically a funnel to my website or Instagram. And so I was just like, oh my gosh. So I've still, yeah. I've still held out, but <laughs> it's, okay. It's interesting you say that. Cause this, I just noticed the same person is just starting their YouTube channel, but yeah. they're like, they're doing YouTube videos every couple days. Yeah. Well, clearly, like you said, they're using TikTok as a funnel yeah. and you know, the real clickable links and all that is on YouTube. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We talked on so many of my favorite topics today. So this was awesome. I, I felt so much energy and joy. I could see it joy on your face and I, yes. I enjoyed it. Graces to you on ability to edit this down. Yes. Like, God bless you. I'm sorry it went so long. No, it's I good. Enjoyed it. So, okay. Thank you so much for your time today and we will, I'll catch you guys next time. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>